there's two, there's two rules to success. The first is don't tell people everything you know. <laughs> That's beautiful. What's the second? Hi guys, how are you doing? It's us again. It's those two guys with uh, supposedly one blunt. One but blunt. It looks like two may or white may not today. be more. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine's actually pink. My yeah, blunt. yours is pink. Why is your blunt pink? It's the Blazy Susans. Hmm. I love those things. Supporting breast cancer awareness. Always a good thing. Made in France. Really? Mm-hmm. Not in the. Uh, Which is where that's where zigzags and. Yeah, that's zigzags like, are made in France too. That's the spot. Um, I know that. Uh, of course, of course, you'd want to do that right now. <laughs> Cat attack. Hi, buddy. Um, the elements papers and raws papers are made in Asturias in Spain. Whoa. Yeah. That's I believe owned by the same uh, the same person. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, f- I found him on Instagram. Did I- Josh something? Rock and roll Josh. Rock He's a Josh. he is a character. I'll tell you what. Like, yeah. Did you see a uh, burner had like a, a little IGTV moment where he basically called him out and was like, "You're a hater, dude." What? Like, yeah, because burner has now got vibes. You know, vibes papers from cookies. And uh, he was like, you saw me trying to get into the space and you tried to do everything you could to block me. Um, Ooh. And yeah, there was like a five minute IGTV post where he pretty calmly, you know, said like, screw you. Dang. You know, like Ooh. it sucks. It sucks that you wanted to choose to be a hater instead of like put me up on game maybe or. Yeah. Gone to drama. Yeah. And this is the world we live in now. I was just talking about that today. Legalized corporate cannabis. Just focus on your own shit. Trust that you will be dope. You don't have to fuck with anybody else or sabotage anyone else. The second you do that, that's when you start losing. Like when you fear other people taking over, like you don't have to be number one. Just do the best that you can do. Like raw is amazing. (laughs) Raw is great. Elements are great. Dope brand. This guy's a total dork, but like. And at first I was laughing at him, but like watching more, so, I really kind of respect the guy. He's he's a dork, but like he he's good at what he does. He, dude, I mean, he's you probably fucking, have to be to be at that level. I feel like know? he, I feel like he invented it. Like he's like the CEO and founder of Raw. He like established all that shit. Raw's been around for a minute, and that's from what I am led to believe. Like this this is the guy. Like, and so I can't I can't deny him. And that's that's the whole point. He's a total dork, but he's so good, I cannot deny him. This is just like other kind of drama. I feel like I just sit on the sidelines and I try to I try to look at what party A says happened and then what party B says happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. And I, I don't really give a shit beyond that. You know, it's just like, oh, okay, there's drama here. Mm-hmm. I can see, maybe sometimes I can see both, uh, both sides. In this one, I didn't even bother looking up the dude from Raw Elements, but... I was just like, oh, you know, that sucks, if that's true. Uh-huh. But sucks I wasn't about to be like all Twitter thumbs about it and jump on and fucking suddenly be like an army of burner lovers who went and attacked this Josh dude. Exactly. Or vice versa. You know, a bunch of raw lovers coming out and being like, vibes, papers, suck. Like, there's no need for any of that, really. The not as not as consumer, for sure. The fans will do that. But you kind of do attract a similar fan base, you know kind of 
but you, you can be responsible. If you're kind of talking shit, then your fans are going to be like, oh, like he'll be proud of me for talking mad shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're like always supportive and like talk, be like, guys, we don't talk shit on other brands. Like we do, we just focus on ourselves and we're as positive as possible. And then that's your fan base will know like the people that are negative yeah. your fan base will be like no guys we stand for positivity here sure or they'll you know they'll they'll respect it and they'll let uh tell that those people have their opinion and know that they don't need to go and defend their brand mm-hmm. they can just like the brand that they like and the other people can feel the way that they feel that's also okay you know my thing with the vibes papers i don't know how much they cost but if never you- never tried Never okay. tried them. So if cookies is any marker of it, then I don't want to pay six dollars for a pack of rolling <laughs> papers. Oh, They're man. probably great. Shots fired. They're probably great. <laughs> Shots fired. I will. I dude, the Budtenders I've talked to really like kind of hate on cookies. I, I think it's a little overpriced, but dude, that flower is legendary. Let's let's be honest. Like, <laughs> I think what happened, at least with the opening of the Maywood store. <coughs> Excuse me. So for those who don't know cookies now has two retail locations i believe in los angeles one is in maywood and one is on melrose Mm -hmm. uh in the west hollywood area and i think when maywood opened there was a lot of allegations on weed maps that they were selling uh old weed you know so they were selling uh something that was uh, drier than it should have been for the price you're paying Mm -hmm. which I totally understand. If you walk in and you're paying $60 before tax for your eighth and you're paying as a recreational customer, give that man what he wants or that woman what she wants. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that there shouldn't be, you shouldn't be getting an unsatisfactory product when you pay that money. So I think they maybe just didn't live up to their own high standards or their own standards that they set themselves with their mm-hmm. product and their name and their reputation and the culture that they kind of subscribe to. Um, and maybe it's better maybe it's not I haven't been into either so I don't know I haven't been into either either uh, I bought some of the pound cake when that came out it was available at a dispensary near me and so I got some of that and it was an older older harvest mm-hmm. for sure but the, f- the condition of the flower seemed fine maybe okay. a little on the dry side but I guess some people got stung worse than others with with that i think my first cookies smoke was the gelati and i was legitimately blown away <laughs> that yeah the flavor was insane it fucked my friend up like he was like fucked up for like three days he took one bong rip and he called he texted me like three days later he's like dude what the fuck like i haven't he hadn't taken a bong rip in years maybe ever right and but they got him good but I will say the flavor was like on point oh. delicious uh, all of the strains that I've tasted that are cookies or cookies uh, have cookies involvement in them have all tasted good like mm-hmm. we've talked about connected a bunch on here at one point those two companies were arm in arm and now no longer but um, the problem is that I think they're bringing that NorCal nose and taste to the SoCal community where we still don't have the appreciation on a wide enough level for people to be like, you know what, I'm going to pay the money for these exotic flavors 
because the the culture here is still we see it it's still one foot in the trap you know that's a really good point i've never i didn't even consider that it was like a little more refined you know but that's the impression that i get i i i'd have to agree. i wonder what it's like smoking cookies up north you know mm-hmm. ellie's a little different but like socal as a whole like san diego long beach like yeah those guys if it's not og kush <laughs> they don't want it but right. what they don't realize is like this is like the next og kush they're, they're sleeping on the next og kush because it's not only is it directly descended from it but ooh, it's so so good leathery vanilla like they're bringing in it used to just be fruity notes it was like oh it's lemony blueberry yeah. cool you know or tangerine now what they're getting like sandalwood leather spice that like holiday spice and uh tobacco you know like notes that just like but specifically like vanilla you know and i hope like in I, cookie strains uh-huh yeah. uh-huh and i was gonna say like chocolate we were talking about chocolate tie earlier mm-hmm. and i'm just a sucker for those chocolate strains and i i think that that's sort of seeing a revival in girl scout cookies because that does supposedly have like a really prominent chocolate note to it and that's i like it it's the opposite of fruity you know it's like the new direction yeah it's more of like a bittersweet rather mm-hmm. than a um than a straight up sweet but yeah they brought nuance i think they brought a lot more nuance and they probably pushed a lot more companies to up their game in terms of flavor chasing when they do their pheno hunts and when they grow out the strains for the year mm-hmm. that they're gonna push you know i think cookies really I mean, you gotta kind of gotta say a lot of people jumped on their bandwagon, you know, and tried to ride their wave, strain wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to grow gelato after that. Oh, they still are. Yeah, I mean, it's well, it's a great strain. That's why it's still here, you know. Um, and don't worry, somebody will find that gelato '69, and it'll be like the bomb. And that cut just ha- maybe hasn't been explored enough. Yeah. Um, I think the London pound cake I had was number '75. So really. If that's an accurate labeling of like the 75th Fino out of, let's say, 100, for sake of argument, it might have been more. Mm-hmm. But that, to me, shows the kind of due diligence that you want to see from a company that is charging 60, mm-hmm. 65, an eighth, you know. So, dude, uh, Chef Holden Jagger actually just made a post that was like, if you want to talk about Fino hunting, you're talking about acreage, mm-hmm. not square feet. Yep. You know, the, Mm -hmm. the, the true and like, he's right. I mean, that's, that's it's it's like a piece of string. How long do you want it to be? You know, it's, you can really, really go in with a pheno hunt and perhaps, perhaps you could get lost in a pheno hunt, Uh literally lost in the weeds, (laughs) or you could decide that you're going to conduct the best pheno hunt that you can with the space that you have. Mm -hmm. And I'd say either of those are a noble pursuit. And I was thinking too, uh, pheno hunting is one thing. Yeah. But you can also get lucky. You know, like you can search for the best cut of a cross, but you can also, you've got a pretty good idea of what one strain tastes like and feels like. And when you combine it, it's going to be pretty similar. Sometimes it might be worse than the sum of its parts. Yeah. But sometimes it's a roll of the dice. You gotta, you're going to hit six. You know what I mean? Like, Every now and you then. You can get lucky. You can get lucky. So, And all this shit started, cookie started in the garage. So like... Yeah, but even then there was probably, you know, like 
an ability to recognize what was growing well or what was different about certain cuts that like they had. Right away. Yeah. I was just, I think uh, something about like the first six or nine uh, OG seeds. Mm-hmm. They like, you know, they mentioned culling like four that were male and one that didn't grow fast, and they're just like. You know, they didn't know at the time. In parentheses, yeah, like, you yeah. have to forgive them. They didn't yeah, know at yeah. the time. They they knew not what they did. But it's like, that's that's the whole thing about pheno hunting too. Is like there were nine seeds, and every single one of those was slightly different, but amazing. Mm-hmm. So like, dude, that was just a cross between two plants on accident. Well, that's that's the choice of the breeder at that point to decide which of those nine avenues to go down. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of where they wanted to guide the pheno hunt. And perhaps it's a generational thing, you know, you say, okay, for this first generation, I'm going to check out these two. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to explore the shit out of these two phenos. And then, you know, they all have their A.1 to 10, maybe, let's see, let's say you do 10 for that, mm-hmm. for one of those nine. And then now you're, you know, you're growing 90 plants I remember altogether. when I had my limited resources in Kansas City, I wanted to, there was... <clears throat> There's like one strain I wanted, you know, yeah. I, I, I had a jelly bean hash plant cross and that jelly bean had like Cinderella 99 in it and I had a super... I mean, that's a pretty fucking great bean to have right there. Yeah, Just yeah, dude, it was... Off the rip. It was the best and I don't, uh-huh. it's gone now because I only had one seed, but mm-hmm. I grew that, I have the genetics in seeds, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that inbred PB&J, that's a purple cross with a jelly bean hash plant. Okay. But I was also on the side. I had a Cinderella or a Silver 99, which was a Cinderella 99 across the Super Silver Haze. So, like, my goal was to, like, because I couldn't, I didn't want to buy more seeds online. I couldn't afford to go to Denver or California to get legit seeds. So, I was like, I want to breed, I want to get Cinderella 99 back by breeding these two together and kind of just, like, getting it to the Cinderella 99. Right. And so, like, I, I'm curious, like, if you were to make a strain, like, uh, in this instance, I had to reverse engineer it, and it, it, I gave up because I didn't have anything to reference it by, but if you were to, like, have your top four favorite strains and combine your four favorite qualities or something like that, like, what would your ideal, what would you be chasing? I don't what know. Your, you know. Aspects of Sour Diesel, aspects of Cali Mist. Which aspects? Um, the Funk? I would diesel? say definitely the funk of the diesel, the body high of the diesel. Um, it, it, it's such a... Maybe those two are... Sedative late. and relaxing. Yeah, maybe they are, you know? Such a sedative and relaxing feel for something that still has a very clear high to it. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I'd probably need to sit down and look at all of my favorite strains, but I'd probably... I probably wouldn't be trying to pick strains that pull you in too many different directions. Like, I really like Blueberry Kush or God's Gift, mm-hmm. but I, you know. So I you can maybe take the flavor profile file from Blueberry Kush and add it to Sour Diesel. Yeah, but maybe there's something about the flavonoids of Blueberry, the anthocyanins or whatever, that make it so that that has a sedative effect, mm-hmm. you know? Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know of too many Blueberry Sativas yeah like i mean blue dream i I just found out the other day is a 60 40 sativa dominant hybrid according to a couple sources right which is you know just 
borderline sativa leaning for exactly but honestly that's it, i see it marketed as, as a sativa everywhere but also to play like doubles dev, double devil's advocate like a sativa dominant hybrid 60 40 is really about as accurate as you're gonna get like I well everything's like, a hybrid now it, that's that's what you i know. mean like it's just you if you can tip it in a sativa direction and that's fucking sativa I, I merely use those words now to just like talk about the effect in a general sense because i think it's still the easiest they like the quickest way to that end point of mm-hmm. saying like this is what i'm looking for out of it and that's yeah. but um like I, I just smoked this lemon cake again <laughs> you know i've been See, maybe a lemon skunk or something smell, like that. That smells like it should be an indica, though. It smells so earthy and warm. It has a slight, nice lemon nose on it, but, like, it smells thick. It reminds me of, like, just a straight-up lemon dessert, honestly. Really? Like lemon meringue? But I, I was recently sent that meme, like, uh, what is it? Hey man, doesn't this weed smell like strawberry cheesecake? Like no, it's motherfucker. Like, but I appreciate how much you love this shit. Yeah, I appreciate your enthusiasm. <laughs> I appreciate your enthusiasm. It just smells like weed. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Some friend sent me that. Yeah. Um. I don't know what four I would choose altogether, but uh, Cali Mist. I just like uh, that it's kind of psychedelic. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'd probably be looking for that. Uh, I like Romulan, like a Romulan grapefruit or something like that. You saw the Fadeco Romulan grapefruit pre-roll, right? I don't think I did. Yeah, they nailed it on that one. Mm. It's a tasty little guy. Nice. And it's, maybe lamb's bread, you know, if I'm just going to try and combine a bunch of things that are more on the sativa side. I think that's how I would do it. I would just go for like a super awesome sativa that hits you in all the right places. Um, Ooh, okay. I like that a lot. And then probably for, for another uh, Frankenstein, I would just go all indicas or you know all i don't know 50 50 must be hard i I don't know how how this shit works it's Mm -hmm. alchemy as far as i'm concerned when it comes to like breeding and and trying to predict genetics Mm -hmm. so that's why you have to give cookies props that's why you have to give sherbinsky props and jiga 415 and anybody else who was like heavily involved in the inception of those gardens dude i'm gonna say it i feel like not enough people try I'll just say that. I, mm. I feel like really it's just a matter of time. If it's something you care about, you're going to find something. And yeah. with that, I'm announcing the start of my new genetic breeding line <laughs> called... Uh, um, uh, I don't know. Leave, leave us uh, suggestions in the comments <laughs> for the breeding line that we should have over here you yeah. have a few a few new beans you came across dude it, they just keep coming like you the, said you've been manifesting seeds i guess so the uh i mean the cream of the crop lucky number seven is growing it's growing uh very telltale girl scout cookie leaves like they're much thicker darker leaves kind of round uh-huh yeah Little, like it's it's super recognizable it's beautiful but it's it's grow- there's something happening there's something different it is inbred it may have been a hermit dude if you seed. get the one that has the cat piss nose that would be so legendary this, that was the that was the bag yeah uh, all we can smell the veg plant you can mm. probably get an idea of it right now um and then uh you gave me the gold seal forbidden fruit yep awesome just in the genetic repertoire that's a classic flavor th- that you can draw from i uh, got six seeds from a friend that grows outdoor in um east of 
Silver Lake. What is that? The Balt. Um, East of Silver Lake. Gosh dang it. Boyle Heights. He oh, grows okay. outdoor. He's been growing outdoor growing for like outdoors 20 in years. Boyle Heights? In Boyle Heights. Shout outs to him. Yeah, dude. Uh, he's, he lives on top of a hill. It's so dope. Oh, perfect. Uh, and it's called... Uh, I don't want to give away... It's. I'll just say it's called a BB Mystery. Okay. Um, leaving leaving all the mystery in that one. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a lavender. It's a mystery strain from him because he's been breeding just friends, seeds, and clones. And gotcha. Seeds will pop up. Um, and then my buddy from the pottery gave me a lemon og kush seed two of those i don't remember what brand i'm gonna say terraform genetics because that dude he loves those guys and yeah i feel like he would be the one to he would gift me with something like that um and then uh, an xbj16 seed from second gen second gen genetics it's like the son of dj short or some I'm gonna look this up. I don't want to fuck this up. DJ Short of Blueberry fame. Uh huh. Um, second generation genetics. He, you get free seeds with every. Um, yeah, DJ Short. It's the son of DJ Short, and so every set of DJ Short seeds you buy, uh, I believe he had bought um, some DJ Short Blueberry, obviously. Okay. And. Uh, they give you free seeds with it. So it's XJ13 crossed with blueberry? Let's find out. X Because XBJ makes me think that it's... That they, like, threw it deliberately in the middle. I didn't even look it up. I'm excited. And I think it's usually XBJ16. And XJ is J1 crossed with G13 haze. Oh, shit. I First thing I see is TGA subcool space dog. Oh. And I'm like... I'm hard. <laughs> yeah, for people people oh, who know. And somebody's screen name is Kansas Bis. Ooh, Kansas Bis. Kansabis. Kansabis. I like that a lot. It's a little bit of a reach, but I'll give it. I'll yeah. allow it. As somebody from Kansas, <laughs> I'm hard. I'm hard again. Uh, TGA <laughs> subcool space dog female hit with DJ short blueberry f4 <laughs> oh, that's gonna be so fruity that's uh two legendary lineages wow for it to come from shout out to at skrilla delf productions hey. thank you so much Very and then soaked. so that's that's all the new beans that you got that's quite a few yeah and i saved the best one for last though the rebel grown natty bumpo mm. I had never even that was heard. An, that was an accidental one. That was not an intent. I didn't. I was intending to give you the flower, and uh, and yeah, you uh, also got a bonus. Yeah, exactly. He, uh, you were kind enough to give me the flower, and there happened to be one seed inside of it. It was just like with its double. little tiger stripes all ready to go. Perfect. It's in hey. perfect condition. It has to sprout. I'm 21 or older. It is an original hybrid strain by Rebel Grown, cultivated from unknown origins. Oh, okay. So it's hillside. It's got some kind of hillside legend, probably. To me, what I loved about it so much was that it reminded me of some of the strains that I grew. Being that Cinderella 99, uh-huh. like it had a very super silver haze. So it took you back to like your first growth. <laughs> Uh, it was like my third year third, okay. uh, when I got these seeds. All right. Um, the first, in, like the first true successful indoor grow was the Jelly Bean Hash Plant seed. 
and a well, purple backseat. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the legal uh, first legal high times cannabis cup in the country. I think it was 2014 in Denver. Mm-hmm. That was the story. I Where, went to an event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they hot boxed the outside. Yep. Um, and I was gifted the all greens haze, which is super silver haze crossed with all greens, Kong and Sensi Star. Mm-hmm. Then the Cinder- silver 99, mm-hmm. super silver haze crossed with Cinderella 99. And then uh, the third one I'm blanking on for some reason, but guaranteed it was a super silver haze crossed with, uh, it was like a Dutchman's haze hybrid it was some other name but uh neville's haze it was a super silver haze crossed with neville's haze or something like that rest in peace neville yeah. passed away in uh i believe a month ago mm, i did not pretty, know that pretty recently wow yeah his haze is obviously legendary legendary in the whole amsterdam explosion of the late 80s and early 90s thank you thank you for that that's what i thank I'm, you Neville. that's what i love right now about all these all these three strains has that <coughs> super silver haze back to it that i just fell in love with and that Natty Bumpo has to have some super silver haze in it. Like, I could see that. I could see that from the turp profile, from the nose that it had, mm-hmm. and even maybe some of the bud structure. Uh huh. You could say, um, yeah, man. Uh, was, these these are these are all why like it's so important to I think for a company to value itself. You know, that's maybe the other argument that you could have for cookies or uh, cream of the crop or these companies that are at the higher end of, of what an eighth costs in the recreational commercial market now. Mm-hmm. But they're, it's not so much advertising, but their their cultural identity almost kind of speaks for itself. It's like you were saying at the beginning, you know, they just kind of do your thing, do it the best that you can and hope that that speaks for itself. Exactly. And, and even if it doesn't, you will become undeniable. Even if everyone exactly. thinks you're a fucking dork, raw papers are dope as shit. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and that's why cookies can have the price that they do and still attract the following that they have because that cultural identity is their advertising. It is their branding. It is their marketing. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, when it's not forced, when it's literally just like, no, guys, we make the dopest shit. Yeah, it's you like, guys, you it, know we have good flour. Yeah, and you know we care about cannabis culture. And honestly, I, ooh, that's a whole nother podcast. That needs to be a podcast coming up. Like, uh, Ben and Jerry's made a nice Instagram post about on, on four twenty and how. All the people making cannabis on or money on cannabis are white and everybody that's been in trouble for it have been black because dude i just realized how many of these strains these exotic flavorful strains have been powered by hip-hop have been powered by rappers that are just like fucking caring about weed so much they're like i want the best weed maybe it's a flex maybe it's not like intentionally like passionate about the plant but i think in the last 20 years Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa, like they really certain do smokers, care. yeah, Method yeah. Man, Red Man, Cypress Hill, exactly. They, I didn't see, I didn't, you know, until this last year, I did not think Cypress Hill. I thought they just smoked whatever. They, they know what they're doing. Yeah, dude, I have 100%. no idea. I know. You I, think they go all around the world and smoke like that and don't, <laughs> don't end up finding out what's good and what's some not? Some people, dude, some people do in a band like Cypress Hill. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> just smoking swag for thirty years, dude. I don't know. Nah. But no, those guys are legends, I will say. They've been rapping about chronic since like the 
probably the first or second album. I don't mm. know. I don't know when the hydroponic weed started making its ways around California, but it was probably around then, mm-hmm. early early 90s. But yeah, I'm talking, like, I remember I smoked some Snoop Dogg's fucking... Snoop's Premium? Uh, raspberry Kush, something like that. And, dude, it may not have been Snoop Dogg's, but, like, they said it was his for a reason. You right. Know? It was, like, the most insane taste I'd ever experienced in my life. And, like... That's so. Thank you to those guys who were just like just outlaws, anyways. They're just like you know what, fuck it. Like I'm dealing with these people. Like I care about this shit. And yeah, we do need to have a separate podcast about that where we can also touch on like social justice aspects that are that need to be addressed in um, the cannabis commercial setting Mm -hmm. uh, because social equity programs haven't really taken off at all so far. and California needs to, like with everything else, they need to be fucking leading the way on this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the the brand identity and that kind of thing, like yeah, yeah, that bullshit marketing just that 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 people try now that you're starting to see on billboards around Los Angeles for certain companies. I don't know if we want to go ahead and say the ones that we don't like, but like I think enough people will have seen them they're in very in very uh high traffic areas <laughs> and uh they're they're pretty tasteless you know like these type of adverts <laughs> and that's a good way to put it that's not that's not going to i don't think it's going to cut it it was a point that was raised on uh, joe rogan's podcast with his interview with be real where they said that the people inside the cannabis culture already like current consumers current people who people who currently have that as, as part of their lifestyle and identity, they're not going to be fooled by like a flashy advert or a sexy advert or, you know, a trashy advert I, in the same way that perhaps like a lot of alcohol um, does. You know, I, I feel like the same people, the same reason that I would say, I believe that a lot of the people that are smoking weed also drink Bud Light and would fall for that stuff. But the same reason that I think that is the same reason that these people are advertising that. They're, they're, they're giving people the least doubt possible. They're just like, no, they're fucking idiots. They're yeah. savages. They don't, they just want to see tits and they'll fucking yeah. buy it. Yeah, lowest you know? common denominator exactly. stuff. Exactly. Like, are, is it that bad? Like, <laughs> are people that dumb? Like, I, I feel like if that's your, if that's your market, are you just like, is there some like, should you feel guilty are you taking advantage of people like what what's what's going on here i think it's just the traditional marketing method like probably cannabis companies are partnering with advertising firms if that's even a thing uh if they aren't just being self-run from inside but if they are partnering with advertising firms those firms obviously can't have had experience advertising cannabis companies because that's never been a thing exactly but they probably had experience in the alcohol industry and are maybe using some of those same templates and I just don't think it's going to wash for the people who are already about the culture. I, I, like, I agree with what you're saying about how uh, if you're just somebody who likes weed because you like to get high and that's where it ends for you, then those kind of adverts probably will have the same effect that an alcohol advert of the same nature would have mm-hmm. on you. I think a, a light bulb just went off for me. Once it gets down to the price of $5 for a pack of weed pre-rolls and everybody's just selling the same garbage shit 
that's when it's just like fuck it uh ours is tits you know what i mean yeah okay that's a good that's a good point right Um, now everything costs a lot of money yeah and there is still a lot of granted everything's white labeled but at the same time there's still a lot of diversity in all these products indoor outdoor light depth hydro where's the hydro at like does anybody do hydro anymore am i missing out like not that i want it but (laughs) (laughs) i don't know um I'm I'm not too worried about the dude. Where's this beginning shit at? Give me like, god damn it. We're in SoCal. It's a it's probably as more accessible in Northern California or the further north you go. Probably have to get through Central California too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so yeah, these are all branding things that I want to see. It's like I want to see some veganic shit. Well, the thing about what you said about. Prices going down to five dollars for a pack of pre rolls. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen till major corporations like the Bud Light of cannabis are doing their thing, right? Selling that because it's when the major corporations will come in that prices start to go down mm-hmm. for everything. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's like smaller companies that are essentially what you would call a mom and pop company in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. There are some larger franchises that have been around for a few years and are, are are now fully legal and compliant and all the rest of it, but they're mostly fighting back like. It's a grassroots fight back mm-hmm. against uh, the taxes that are being levied against them, you yeah. know, from city, state, and excise. And those layers of taxes, they're fighting back against all of them. And some counties are having success. I think we've mentioned before, Berkeley has it at like 5% or something like that. Wow. But most other places, and here in Southern California, it's 34.5% for recreational. And if you have regular medical, 295 And then if you have the state medical, which means you have a legitimate 20%. medical condition that requires yeah. cannabis and you're still paying 24.5% more than what you were paying two years ago for your medicine. Right. That your insurance never has covered and, and won't for the foreseeable won't. future. Yeah. Um, which is, again, another thing that we could <laughs> fucking do an episode on. But <clears throat> those advertising models, like, do you think they need to to change do you think they're going to be successful in the current california market given the fact that everything still is the way it is and the prices are the way that they are because i i think i was talking about this earlier and correct me if i'm high but the whole like voting with your dollar thing like encouraging people and myself and yourself to like to get you know uh, Kiva or Papa and Barclays or Henry's like somebody that's sustainable or clean green certified like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it may cost a couple extra dollars uh, in Henry's sense it doesn't like that that shit is just like okay the organic weed is the cheapest that's right. okay yeah uh, <laughs> organic and sustainable clean green is more than organic I, yes. I forget to mention that I, higher standards than USDA organic yeah um, so that's a hilarious no-brainer but in terms of just pay two dollars extra for compostable packaging and this is to the companies as well like if you do it especially in la this is this is where everybody pays extra money for vegan and gluten-free options just for fun they may not they don't even have to they're just like yeah. just they don't have any they want uh, to talk about intolerance it. to it they just they just yeah it makes just, them feel better because right. it is kind of the right thing to do uh, eating organically like there's something sure. about it yeah. i saw that uh kurz gesagt episode I, i'm probably butchering your name but that youtube channel okay uh, about organic versus non-organic food and it was a really well put together article um 
but they just mentioned the the spirit of organic is really where where it matters is like you understand what the spirit of organic is supposed to mean in terms right. of like sustainability and so like if you can implement that into your company please do it and if you can afford if you are one of the people doing it for fun if you're one of the people doing it like in between recreational and medical like and if and if you can afford to just spend a couple extra dollars just do your research and find a brand that's worth supporting you know like because yeah. that's the only way this industry is going to change uh, yeah. i was saying plastic plastic do you know how to make plastic i have no idea. like i have no idea how to make plastic but like i'm sure it'd be a lot easier to just like grind plant shit together and make plant plastic out of it i don't know hemp can be and used <laughs> to make biodegradable plastic mm-hmm. and i don't know if that requires the same machinery as plastic and i'm just making a self-defeating point here but like the fact is like plastic is not easy to make off the rip and there's like millions and millions of dollars behind this industry for making plastic right. fueled by the drive fueled by the demand for plastic so if we can just shift you know this is basic shit. yeah i think like the the wine uh industry eventually came to understand that the best container for wine is a glass bottle and everybody accepts that when you buy wine you have to have a glass bottle it's very sustainable uh-huh. you can very easily reuse glass if we could set a similar standard in the cannabis industry in california you know like everything has to be a glass container because you know what that way we don't have to set up some separate recycling scheme just for cannabis jars okay so i was making that point about brown glass earlier this week how all cannabis should be in brown glass because of the same reason that wine is in dark glass and Mm -hmm. that beer is usually in dark glass too because the sunlight degrades it we've all seen the displays at this point yeah you've seen some bleached weed but here's the whole other point another interesting part about uh dispensaries are that you can smell the weed yes it's most of the time you don't smell beer you don't smell wine you buy it based on branding experience uh uh brand recognition trust recommendation Mm. yeah but like there's no samples and i know like everybody's getting testy about not being able to smell weed or the weed smells like shit anymore because you can't smell it out of the fresh jar Mm -hmm. but like have we been spoiled because that really isn't sanitary and you know it's like maybe visit the grower i don't know because you can go to a brewery and get a taster a little bit of the time yeah but i mean those smoke is focused jars that they have now or and other similar brands um where you can just you can have it displayed and there's a little light switch that you can Mm -hmm. flick on and off and there's a rubber cap that you can cover the smell thing with Mm -hmm. and that's only got perforated holes so you can't shove your whole fucking nose in there like some people true i could definitely get a mustache in there the hair in there though i promise but nobody's smoking it nobody is smoking that sample anymore but it's also clear you have to see it, but those are generally also the physical display of the flower, and that gets bleached by the LEDs and yeah. the sunlight that's usually hitting those. So there are a few companies that already, I think, provide their flower exclusively in dark jars. Flocana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flocana. Any 710 labs that I've bought the flower of, which has mm-hmm. always been delectable. A lot of the cheap is. plastic jars are keeping the, or the like pill jars, the yeah. pop tops, those are keeping the flavors better than some of the glass, like Hell THC yeah. design. Well, I mean, as long as they're making sure to put like a little, you know, 
bovita pouch or something like that in there to mm-hmm. try and keep the moisture content optimal exactly but yeah it should be dark glass mm-hmm. really that you that you buy stuff in um dude it's an interesting point about the smell though because it's true you don't do that with beer you don't do that with wine but maybe like you can go a, to events and tastings i was gonna say or in a whiskey shop I used to go to a whiskey shop when I was drinking whiskey, and I would buy whiskey by tasting little drams, they call them, like of, of whiskey. The little dollar shot? They're, they're, no, it's like a, a, a pinky f- pinky's worth of whiskey in a glass. They just you know give I mean? it to you for free? They, they just, yeah. They're, they're like, oh, you like that one? Okay. like you Or you like the look of that one? Here's what it tastes like kind of thing. So I was actually thinking, don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but eventually we'll get at that point when social consumption and licensing meet harmoniously whatever that takes uh, whatever it takes for that to happen uh, then you'll be able to go to a store that specifically sells flour mm-hmm. and you'll be able to taste the flour each time maybe it'll be vapes maybe it'll be like a little snap of something mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. maybe it'll be that sublimator machine I've always wanted to try that thing the little that, that yeah. like pushes it into your lungs this, the, yeah it's a weird like su- magic it's crazy. stick it's what crazy I don't know. It's a huge contraption, though. The dude, the dude who made it, carried it around to different cannabis events. And Whoa! It I, I've seen the one that's like it's like this big, and it's just like a little. I, I don't oh, know if it's sublimation. I'm no, no, of. that's that's like some uh, advanced pipe that's supposed to have some crazy carb in there to cut out a lot of the carcinogens. Uh, or whatever. Well, I didn't know that. I yeah. know it just forces the smoke into your lungs through like the vacuum process. Or oh, something. okay. No, that might be something else. I'm thinking gotcha. of something different. I'm thinking of the Incredible. That's what it's called. I think that's what I'm thinking about. Oh, too. really? I didn't okay. know that. Crack. Maybe it also does that. Maybe it also has a vacuum effect. Hey, anyway, shout out. So give us give us one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll 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 uh, thoroughly investigate the Incredible and get back. Um, we'll we'll put it to the test (laughs) what were you saying Uh, about flower shops that's that would be a genuine flower shop at that point Mm -hmm. you know to me where you can go and you can sample it because the thing is you buy your cannabis your raw cannabis right your flower your weed your marijuana at a dispensary now but it's like it's kind of like a mall for weed that's what a dispensary serves as mm-hmm. instead of going to like a designer store that just sells a certain range of product you know like this is what we're starting to see like look you have the dosist store now on abikini that's exactly is that where you were about to say because <laughs> okay all right how so <laughs> so thought on that real quick uh-huh maybe they're just trying to get articles maybe this will serve as a six-month year-long national advertising campaign without actually being on Facebook. And then the lease will TV. be foreclosed on. And, and then, yeah, yeah, but like maybe they're willing to take an $80,000 loss in as a cost for advertisement. Right. That's The Abikini traffic is nuts. The beauty of that store is pretty unparalleled. That shit is clean. Yeah. And it's like super Apple. It's like Apple on fucking like oxycontin and steroids it's just like so warm and clean but there's can they make money like i don't know that's i don't know i'm excited you know that's i think that's a great great idea because worst case it's an eighty thousand dollar ad campaign yeah that has to, is going to be successful no i'm sure it costs i'm talking about it right now that, but exactly exactly <laughs> but they're they're selling some you know yeah. what i mean yeah. I'm just talking, yeah, I'm just thinking in terms of like a couple months rent. I'm not even thinking staff, lighting. Whee. Exactly. Um, so exactly. either way, it's a it's a Super Bowl ad. 
Yeah. Uh, worst case, it's a Super Bowl ad. You're paying for premium placement. Best case, you fucking do something big. Yeah. Yeah. It's Best not case, too... it works. Yeah, yeah. Worst case, it's a dope, uh, expensive ass advertisement. Yeah. Best case. Whoosh, to the moon yeah best case that's tight but it's a it's a very different experience with vapes and like a specific vape shop i to me obviously as like a flower consumer first and foremost the the idea of a flower shop just appeals in so many ways but that specializing like i think we're just going to see more and more of that you know more and more companies being like okay well we do this. We have enough of a reputation here. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna op- like Kiva just opening a candy store. Mm-hmm. You know, they did. No, but oh. I'm just saying. Like <laughs> exactly. That's my point. Like why not? Yeah. You know when these when these two when the twain shall meet of regulation and and uh, mm-hmm. social consumption um, management, then you'll probably be able to have a lot more options like that. Mm-hmm. But that's why all these brands now are investing as much as they do into their image and their reputation and hopefully their origin story, hopefully their genuine origin story. We've heard of some some kind of questionable ones, right? Oh my gosh. From, from certain brands. Yeah. Um, but it, it matters. That kind of stuff matters to a certain consumer. And I think Southern California, even though the maybe like on the flower front is not as open to anything that's not super potent and super Kush based um, as Nor- NorCal is, like <clears throat> people here are definitely starting to get more into the wellness side of everything and all the alternative products that you can buy that are cannabis based. Mm-hmm. And so those, the fact that companies have cool origin stories or you know really touching origin stories and that they have a natural approach a chemical free approach means means a lot to people yeah so those some of those companies you mentioned before henry's papa and barkley mm-hmm. um who else did you mention flocana maybe flocana like. yeah definitely i would put them on there if mm-hmm. they are everything that they say they are yeah um uh kiva right we, we kiva. said kiva too i think like uh, all all very respectable companies in uh and I think mm-hmm. that it's it's evident because the product is really fucking good, which goes back to letting that speak for itself. Mm-hmm. It that's, works. Yeah, that's the most important. It's part. effective. It does what it says. You know, it it delivers where it should. And then on top of that, they are going like above and beyond current regulations and requirements for a company. You know, I, I feel like a lot of startups would complain that they can't afford to do this thing they can't afford to like be sustainable they can't afford to not take this shortcut yeah but like the only uh, the only reason like kiva can is because they've got backing you know they've got money yeah but like the reason kiva has money and backing is because they've maintained integrity from the start when they didn't have money to not take shortcuts exactly Like companies that maintain integrity get the backing. Like as soon as you cut corners, you're being a skis ball. You lose your reputation and people find that out. And that's why you won't be able to bullshit the cannabis customers as easily, I think. Because eventually your your average go out on a Friday night, get high kind of dude, buy a pre-roll and that's my involvement for the week. Mm -hmm. Might have a friend who he seshes with or she seshes with that is a little more clued in and it's like yo you know 
X or this? You know, have you tried this brand before? Mm-hmm. And then they're getting put onto something that way. And there is something to be said for the McDonald's and the Budweiser's of the world. Like they will always exist, dude. But the thing is, have you ever had a Budweiser that tasted different from another Budweiser? Have you ever had a McDouble that tasted different? Right, the like consistency. They, it is one hundred percent consistent. Mm-hmm. Also, and some people are just creatures of habit. They don't care about the effects of the weed. They know they just want to get high the same way every time. Yeah, and yeah, God bless them. If the if the most mainstream one works for them, then and it's the cheapest one, then they're lucky. You know, it might be half right. sawdust you know it might not be the best for you <laughs> but if it's cheap and it works like god bless you oh yeah that's that that that's where you were saying you vote with your dollar and if those people if that's as much as it matters to them then they'll only spend that amount mm-hmm. you know and if that's mass produced but consistent product mm-hmm. and if you, you can even maybe you can even influence that mass market by having so much of the rest of the market create such a demand for sustainable packaging that even that becomes the most affordable option or yeah. the company becomes so overblown out like a, like rogue brewing or something like that a company that just becomes so big that like starbucks that started with a nugget of beautiful care and now it's just a full-blown corporation you yeah. know like it could start with that nugget of beauty it could start with that inspiration and then just like that dude sold off 10 years in and now it's just like 18 guys trying to make milk as much money out of it as possible right and then it's yeah it's just you know just the, run it the, the same ground. the same oligarchs controlling everything mm-hmm. um <clears throat> well there's gonna be um fuck i completely forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been smoking enough of that green fire yeah. um well we were talking about the packaging sustainable packaging. yeah okay so with craft stuff so craft alcohol became a thing much uh, like a long time after prohibition was repealed right mm-hmm. um, in terms of having some market share like the craft beer let's say in the beer space mm-hmm. um, and even you could argue like I mean, wine is already pretty craft-based, I guess, but there's yeah. some there's some wineries that are like world-renowned and, and bigger and whatnot, and and probably now there's a lot more smaller producers that are have their little vineyard and mm-hmm. are in the game, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in alcohol, it's much more recent development in the timeline of of legal alcohol, and then in legal cannabis, you already have craft cannabis being a thing. So mm-hmm. maybe it's a positive that it's a, it's a factor in the game this early, and that if enough awareness around it is created then maybe that will be one of the standards one of the SOPs taken forward into big business practice yeah and there's a lot of really like I I just realized prohibition only existed in America it's been fine in the rest of the world it's been that's why wine is just been has just been it's killing it for thousands of years you know I'm kind of this American mindset sometimes where I was only considering like American prohibition being like the the advent of alcohol in America and yeah. therefore the world. <laughs> right. But uh, th- but America did bring out that craft beer market. That's the thing. It's like the IPAs, as we know them today, came from like the, here. Came from fucking Lagunitas. It came from... Yeah, and companies guys. of that ilk. Yeah, like the West Coast IPA 
like the IPA used to be just the, you know, whatever. And now, but Americans are the ones that are like, no, check this fucking crazy shit out. I need more. You know, I want to take this to the extreme. Yeah. And they fucking, and everyone hates themselves in America. So alcohol is obviously a number one choice. <laughs> It's not just America, yeah. It's and still the number one recreational choice for most people. That's dope. Um, so yeah, I, the Americans did sort of create this craft beer market out of something that you wouldn't associate with much... Um, it speaks to the entre- entrepreneurial spirit of, you know, craft whatever. Mm-hmm. Any, any craft that you turn your hand to and you decide to, you know, like make Master. available yeah, for, yeah. for commercial purchase and yeah hopefully master hopefully that's part of your goal is to to attain mastery or or aim for mastery mm-hmm. uh, maybe it will be that cannabis recycling looks a little bit like what we have here in front of us from our friend our friends at dope candle oh yeah where you know the approach initially is to reuse repurpose and I think a popular phrase is upcycle mm-hmm. um, uh, to upcycle empty containers so dope candle are taking your empty glass jars uh, trying to get partnering dispensaries to encourage their patients and consumers to bring back their empties to recycle and they give them to dope candle dope candle make a really nice beautiful soy based candle in there for you um, and then yeah, you can. Uh, how much are they? Are they? They're, they're not. They're not expensive. Recommended ten dollars. It's such a perfect price. Yeah. It's, a, it's a freaking candle in a weed jar with a cute little. Yeah, and it's really awesome. It. Like if you're gonna buy a candle anyway, you know, and a lot of. Check them out at the dope candle on That's Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. They do. They do wood wick ones too. Those are tight. I don't know how much those. Those cost. are cool. They crackle yeah, and they burn. Those yeah. Are you, you can imagine like you have a tiny uh, fireplace mm-hmm. in your studio apartment. In my case, <laughs> at the dope candle. Cause yeah, I I have absolutely heard people complaining about what am I supposed to do with these 150 glass jars that I have in my house? Yeah, yeah. It's like well now you can give it to these girls and they will make candles out of it and donate 10 percent of that. That's right to earth to the earth I, I to the know. earth they, they give they pour a little out for the homie <laughs> they the dump earth. money onto the ground and sacrifice it to the earth god to Gaia herself no that's not true I'm, <laughs> I'm looking it up right now no but they do they are kind of uh, using it to to be able to to give money to a donated to the preservation of our planet Oh, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. So it is. It is essentially what you said to Earth, but hopefully to a, a uh, an organization that is actively yeah, protecting. They're, they're preserving the Earth. It. They're not actively just preserving the Earth. They're not just worshiping the money <laughs> and sacrificing it to the Earth. Just holding it next to a painting of the Earth, like <laughs> like in reverence, just piling money next to it. Like maybe are. this will appease the painting. <laughs> The uh, earth, please regenerate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we need to see cannabis recycling. Like cartridges is another one that people probably, you know, I've, I've been I've been asked a few times about cartridges. Like, what am I supposed to do? Uh, where can I take these, or can I recycle these? 
it's like no like your recycling people won't actually take that from you <laughs> you know because it's got drugs in it because it's got drugs in it and because the regulations that have been currently put in place are such that even with the tiniest little bit of residue left in one of those containers that you couldn't get out of one of those <laughs> containers unless you broke it it still can't be transported without a, mm -hmm. a state manifest which is a piece of paper that declares that you're legally allowed to transport that mm -hmm. so there I think until be, then there will be a way until then we're not going uh, to see it on a wide scale but it's really dope that there's people like Dope Candle out there and I think companies like Henry's and like Flocana and like everybody else using glass and wood and mm -hmm. things that are already easily uh, reusable or recyclable or will biodegrade over time instead of plastics and I mean edible companies edible companies probably have a lot to answer for it you're more likely to buy edibles in plastics and maybe vape cartridges as well mm -hmm. in terms of you know as the packaging sometimes a little bit of both sometimes card it's sometimes plastic or the type of card that it is is usually like waxed or embossed so it mm -hmm. can't be easily recycled or whatever there's all these other fucking problems with recycling in general but um there will be a way we will see more eco-conscious and sustainable practices uh hit us up in the comments if you have an idea for how to make california cannabis more eco-friendly mm -hmm. um, or if you have a company that is like trying to do something about it actively and you want to shout out like drop a name in the comments let we'll us know make sure we mention you next time and of course it's at two guys one blunt on instagram uh soundcloud.com slash two guys one blunt uh please follow along like and all the rest share tell a friend to tell a friend and uh we'll be back very soon yeah hope everybody had a great 420 we didn't even talk about that but yeah. um that episode's coming later yeah we, we can we can do a 420 retrospective we'll have a 420 420 a very 420 420 to you all yes <laughs> and with that doctor doctor doctor, 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 doctor.